Good morning, Resurrection Ministries. So good to have you engaging with us. We are, um, of course, in this series called In the Swing of Things. And just to, to review, I'm sure everybody's going to pass this test, right? Our, our key phrase a couple weeks ago, we said that rest is essential. That's great. Good job, everybody. Everybody in the room said that loud and clear uh, here, so that was good. Rest is essential. Um, it, to, if something is essential, it means that it's absolutely necessary. It's absolutely necessary. So rest is essential. Uh, last week, uh, we looked at pruning, and we said pruning is necessary. Necessary. Pruning is necessary. If something is necessary, that means it's required to be done. Today, we're talking about a four-letter word, Work. Work. Work is important, right? If something is important, it means it is of great significance or great value. And so today we're talking about work and, and really God's plan for our work. Uh, but just to take a quick temperature of everybody engaging with us and everybody in the room, not a physical temperature, emotional temperature, right? What is your view of work? If you just had to put one word, uh, your view of work right now, what would be your view of work? You can uh, engage with us on Zoom and Facebook. Uh, just type in one word and let us know how you feel about work these days. And in the room here, uh, some of you uh, don't work anymore, but still, give me a, so I'm seeing a, a thumbs up, uh, but that's not a word. Give it, give it a word. I like work, he says. That's more than one word, but that's okay. Uh, somebody else, a, a perspective of your work in the room. What is that? Pays the bills. That's three words, but we'll still let it go. That's okay. Your view of work, uh, somebody in the room here. Unusual. That's fair, coming from a, a, a church staff member. Uh, one more, uh, your view of work right now. I heard from a student, he says fun, uh, he says fun, so, so that's good. Um, so so we, we have all kinds of, of different perspectives and different views of our work, and, uh, and some of that perspective and views change depending on the season that we are in. Uh, today, we're just going to be kind of putting work on the table and saying, what does it look like to, to, to do our work in a God-pleasing God-exalting kind of way. That's really where we're headed today. Let's say a prayer, and then we'll begin with our, uh, with our first song. Uh, Father, uh, today we, we uh, lift our eyes and we look at your work as, uh, as creator. Um, Jesus, we, we lift our eyes and we look at you and your work as redeemer. Holy Spirit, we lift our eyes and we look at you and your work of sanctifying, making us holy. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would work in our hearts and in our minds today, that you would open us up to you, that you would help us to be honest uh, about our work, the struggles that we encounter, um, the joys that we have, and, and how we can make our work more and more and more about you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Uh, we're going to uh, jump into our kids chat reflection time and um, I just lost a kid. Where'd my third kid go? Um, that's okay. All right, so uh, Simon, will you come up? And uh, Noah, will you come up? I didn't uh, ask you guys ahead of time if you would help me, but I do need some helper. Zeke, will you help me as well? Great. So um, these are going to be our three workers, right? Three workers. And so uh, let's see, what are we going to do? We're going to have... Um, we're going to have Noah uh, over here, and you just stand right here, and Zeke, you can kind of stand right here-ish, and Simon, we'll have you just on the other side, 
Okay, right there, that's good. All right, so um, the work goes like this. Um, Simon, you get to be an animal doctor, a vet. I got these things in here. Oh dear, ready? So you get to be an animal doctor. Let's put them on the ground for now. And Noah, you're a garbage collector. There you go. And Zeke, you're a pastor. So um, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have you just sort of act out what your job looks like, and then we're going to ask you just one simple question, the same question for all three of you, okay? So um, Noah, will you show us what a garbage collector looks like? What does he do? You guys think that's a good example of a garbage collector? Go ahead and, yeah, good. They think you're a great garbage collector. All right, let's see what a pastor looks like. What does a pastor look like? All right, is that what, is that what a pastor looks like? <laughs> good. <laughs> great. And uh, what, does a, uh, what does a veterinarian, uh, an animal doctor look like? Excellent. Good job. <laughs> what, what about the horse? Are you just going to leave the horse sick? <laughs> Good job. Awesome. All right, so here's the, uh, here's the question that we want to ask all three of you. Um, which job does God think is most important? Uh, Noah, which job do you think God thinks is most important? Garbage collector, pastor, animal doctor? Pastor? Um, Zeke, which do uh, job do you think God thinks is most important? Garbage collector, pastor, or um, animal doctor? Pastor? Um, uh, Simon? Which uh, job do you think God thinks is most important? Animal, doctor, pastor, or uh, uh, garbage collector? Pastor? Let's take a, a survey from the people in the room. Uh, which job do you think God thinks is most important? Um, pastor, garbage collector, um, animal, doctor? All of them. Wow, they disagree with you guys. Man, we're going to have to have a talk about that later on, huh? Yeah, so, so just check this out, right? Uh, it's pretty cool because what happens is in Scripture, um, uh, the Bible basically says, um, says this, right? Go ahead and just put your hands up like this. No, you can put the garbage down. Put your hands up like this and then just say, whatever. Exactly. Uh, everybody in the room here, go ahead and just put your hands up and say, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So usually, right, when Scripture is talking about what kind of job we should do, what job is most important, it actually says whatever. I mean, there are certainly some jobs that would be not God-pleasing, but in the reading that we just heard a little bit ago, right, Colossians 3.17, it says, whatever you do, right, and then it says again in 3.23, whatever you do, right, that would tell us that God is basically saying whatever, what the Bible does talk about quite a bit, actually, so why don't you guys go ahead and have a seat. And uh, let's go ahead and give them a little bit of applause and encouragement. And um, Simon, do you want your horse? This might be Zeke's actually, but there you go. All right, so, so what the Bible does talk about is, uh, is, is how we should do it. And Colossians 3 said a couple of things for that too, right? Colossians 3 talked about how um, do everything in the name of Jesus, what? Giving thanks. In other words, we do it with a grateful heart. So um, Noah, we're, uh, even when we pick up garbage, right, we do it with a grateful heart. 
Uh, Zeke, when we get to do all the pastoral kind of things, we do it with a grateful heart. Right? Simon, when we're taking care of animals, we do it with a grateful heart. Right? Uh, the other thing that it said in Colossians 3 is that um, uh, we work heartily. Right? It says, whatever you do, work heartily. So that means that you work from your heart. Right? You're not just going through the motions of, okay, here's another piece of trash. Right? And you're not just going through the motions of, okay, here's another Bible passage I have to study. <laughs> and you're not just going through the motions of, okay, here's another animal I have to take care of. No, we engage our hearts, right? And we're involved in it. And, and, we, and we work from our heart um, because that's the way that God works with us. So, um, so, so just kind of an important thing as we think about our work, that, um, that, that God usually says, whatever... But then he gives us a lot of things to think about as far as how we are actually working, how we're actually working. All right, so, so uh, let's say a prayer, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll dive into Colossians 3 just a little bit. Uh, Lord Jesus, thanks for loving us. We know that your work is best of all, and that you trust us, and you give us different jobs. So help us to do whatever as best we can. And all God's kids said, amen. All right, so we want to open up our Bibles and, and just kind of look at Colossians 3 ever so briefly uh, right at the beginning. Uh, my, my hope here is to sort of set a, a good news gospel foundation for us. And then, uh, and then really, in the rest of the time, uh, be able to just kind of think concretely or literally about our work. So um, uh, Colossians 3 is a very cool passage because what it does is it basically says, hey, the resurrection changes everything. Everything. Uh, and we're going to see that in just a minute. It, it's not that the resurrection changes some things. It's not that the resurrection changes most things. No, no, the resurrection changes everything. You all know what everything means, right? everything, right? There's nothing that the resurrection of Jesus Christ doesn't touch and doesn't change. And that would include our work, as you're going to see. So, so it starts off in uh, <clears throat> chapter 3, verse 1. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says that you have been raised with Christ. You. You have been raised with Christ. Now, the word there is you all, right, y'all. Uh, you all have been raised with Christ, but, but there's certainly a singular uh, part of that, right? You, right? Easter morning, Jesus doesn't walk out of that tomb alone. He walks out of that tomb with you firmly by his side, right? With Jen Heaney firmly by his side, um, with Rose firmly by his, right? When Jesus walks out of that tomb, he doesn't walk out of that tomb alone. No, no, you have been raised with Christ. It's this beautiful gospel, good news truth, right? Um, and, and then uh, verse 3 it takes that a little bit further, right? The rest of the chapter is going to be explaining what that means, what that looks like, that you have been raised with Christ. Verse 3 says, your old sinful self died. It has been put to death. It was put to death with Jesus on the cross. It was left in the tomb. And, uh, and, and now you have a new life. You have a new life kept in Christ, kept with Christ. Wherever Christ is, that's where your life is kept. And so verses 5 to 9 uh, basically says, hey, get rid of all that stuff. 
Um, all that old sinful self stuff, that's not who you are anymore. You've been given a new identity. You've been given a new life. So, so things like sexual immorality and idolatry and coveting, just put that stuff to the side. Don't touch that stuff anymore because it was crucified and put in a tomb. Verses 12 to 16 then say, um, this is the way that you live now. This is what a resurrected life looks like. Uh, when you've been given this new life, uh, now we live with compassion. Now we bear with one another. I love that saying. I wish I had more time to just talk about that phrase. But we bear with one another. We forgive one another. And then I love this, right? Verse 17, as he's talking about this new resurrected life, he basically says, verse 17, work this way. Isn't that fascinating? So, so he's talking about how, you know, all these emotions and all these ways that we treat one another. And then all of a sudden he begins to talk about work in verse 17. Why? Because the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. Not some things, not most things, but everything, right? And so, so it changes the way that we work. Uh, verses 18 to 22, he's talking about different relationships and how the resurrection of Jesus impacts and changes the way that we live in relationship with one another. And then I just want you to see this, verses 23 and 24, what does he come back to? Work. Uh, he comes back to work again. It's like he's trying to get us to see, hey, don't forget that the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. Not some things, not most things, but everything. It changes the way that we work. And so he says, work this way because you've been redeemed. Now, that's Pastor Dave's sort of like, you know, footnote version of that verse, but he says, work this way because you've been redeemed. And so this is a really cool chapter because, man, it just, the resurrection of Jesus changes everything, including the way that we work. And so what we're going to do for the next several minutes, <clears throat> and I have no proof uh, that this is going to work other than I really felt like this is what Jesus said we should do. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about job descriptions for the next several minutes. Um, and, and the way this is going to work is you all are going to throw out a part of a job description. If you're on Zoom on Facebook, uh, you can start typing in different uh, parts of a job description. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to just try to talk about that part of a job description uh, in the way of or in the form of a resurrected life. What does it look like to embrace our work in a resurrected life kind of way? And, uh, and, and I hope this is going to work, and I trust it's going to work. And so, um, so, so let's just kind of start doing that. Somebody throw out a part of a job description. What's that? Plans, lessons. Um, yeah, so you as a, as a teacher, right? And so, so there you're probably thinking about like the, the, the description of the actual work. And so you might think about like the job title, right? And your job title would be? Yeah, you're a teacher, right? But so, so when we think about job titles, right, that, that would be a, 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 a something that would be in almost every job description. Like, here's your job title and then the description of your work. So, so the first thing that we want to say about that is that we probably need to think plural, not singular, right? When we think about uh, work, we, we too often just go straight to this, um, well, here's the work that I, what, get paid to do? <laughs> but, but we probably want to think in a more plural kind of way, um, because look, I, I'm a pastor and that's what I get paid to do, but I'm also a dad and a husband and a friend and a soccer coach and a huddle leader, right? A discipleship huddle leader. So that's six job titles, six different sets of responsibilities, six different types of work um, that, 
uh, that, that God has put in front of me. So, so it's important to, when we think about the work, right? Resurrection changes everything, not some things, not most things, but everything. And so, so we want to think about the different job titles that we might have and the different descriptions of the work that we have. Um, uh, uh, something else to point out about this is that um, sometimes in Scripture, God is very specific Sometimes, especially in the Old Testament, God is very specific. He'll come to specific individuals with specific type of work. Uh, take Moses, for example. Um, Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. Uh, God says, um, come, I will send you, Moses, to Pharaoh that you may bring my people up out of Egypt. That's a very specific job for a very specific individual, right? Um, God sends Moses to Pharaoh. Uh, and and, and uh, we see this kind of thing with all kinds of different people, especially, again, in the Old Testament. We see Isaiah, right? He gets a very specific job description in Isaiah chapter 6. We see even Adam and Eve, right? Genesis 2 and 3, uh, they get a very specific set of job uh, responsibilities that they are supposed to do. Um, even Levi, right? There's 12 tribes of Israel. Levi and his tribe is one of the tribes, and they're the only tribe of the 12 that get a specific set of responsibilities and job duties that God gives them. Look, I want you to do this, right? Sometimes in scripture, God gets very specific about the type of work that we're supposed to do, but I want you to see this. Most of the time, God says what? Whatever, <laughs> right? It, I mean, again, it, it's not to say that, that there, every job or job title is going to be God-pleasing because it's not. But for the most part, Scripture just doesn't put a lot of pressure here. I mean, we put a lot of pressure here, right? What's the question we're always asking young people? What are you going to be when you grow up, right? What, what's the question that, that so many uh, of us when we are young or when we were younger that, that you know, we put on ourselves? Well, there's a lot of pressure Right, to, to figure out what you're going to do in life. I don't know if you're feeling any of that pressure right now, right? But, but it's just kind of what happens. And, and we just have to see this. Like scripture, especially in the New Testament, over and over again says whatever. Because it doesn't necessarily matter what we do. What matters is how the resurrection changes what we do. What matters is how the resurrection affects our work. What matters is uh, that we're doing the work in the right kind of way. Right? So uh, job title, right? uh, job um, responsibilities, that would be one section in a job description. All right, so I sort of drew that out there, but uh, it, it worked. And uh, what, what would be another uh, part of a job description that you can think of? What is that? Oh, she said, just kidding. She said something and then she withdrew. Okay. Customer service. Oh, I don't have that one. Let's take another one. How about somebody? Uh, yeah. Okay, work well with your fellow workers. That's good. Uh, there's certainly some New Testament attachment to that, right? In the sense of uh, uh, we're all a body of Christ. We work together, hand in hand together. Any others that you can think of? Show up on time. So let's talk about hours, right? Because there's uh, sometimes in job descriptions, there's a, like a, you know, this is the hours that you're expected to work, uh, 40, 50, uh, 100 hours, or, you know, whatever. Uh, so so there's, there's like expectations usually laid out for the amount of hours, at least that you're going to be paid to work, right? 
And so, so really, that's the question of when should I be working? And that's what this series is all about, right? We're in this series called the In the Swing of Things, and we're trying to consider when should we be working? And we've talked about this uh, for, for the last several weeks, right? That, that, that God has set aside 16% of our year to rest, to abide, to spend intentional time with him. Um, and, and so, so we want to make sure that we're engaging at least that 16% of our time to rest, um, to stop working. And then that means, of course, at least 84%-ish of our time is meant to be working. Uh, the one thing that I want to add here that we haven't said is, is I think it's important to just point out that every uh, job title needs a rest. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> Every job title, every set of responsibilities needs to take a rest. It's just massively important. So, so um, uh, you as a parent, you need to take time where, where you can, um, uh, you know, stop being a parent for a couple of minutes <laughs> uh, or an hour. You need some time away from your children where, where you can refresh and renew that aspect of your life, that set of responsibilities. It's not to say that you're going to neglect your children. It's not to say that you're leaving your children or that you're mad at your children, uh, but you'll be a better parent if you're able to just hit that rest button and, and, and take a break and stop that work of being a parent. Uh, for just an hour at least. Um, uh, uh, our work of a spouse, right? Relationships, marriage relationships are so difficult and they're so full of work. And, and it's important to have some time away from your spouse where you can um, rest and stop that work of being a spouse. It's not to say that you're thinking about leaving your spouse. It's not to say that you're angry at your spouse. It's just to say, I need to take some time to, to refresh and renew the, the, the energy that it takes to, to engage this relationship well. And so, so all work, all job titles, all job responsibilities need, need to take a rest, need to stop at least for a moment or two. Um, and, and then, of course, um, the paid work that we do also needs to stop, right? That needs to stop from time to time uh, so that we can be refreshed and restored there. Okay, so, so we've talked job description. We've talked job hours. Let me just kind of throw out some others uh, for us, right? The, uh, who you report to. Right, who you report to is another thing that you often see in a job. Are you pointing to me? Oh, you're pointing to me because you report to me. Yeah, well, that's fair, but, but we won't talk about that right now. Uh, uh, well, actually, we, we will talk about that. We report to, um, the scripture is very clear and very consistent on this one. It's really helpful, right? Uh, as far as what we do, scripture is really general, um, but, but this idea of who you report to, who do I work for, um, scripture is very clear and consistent. We don't work for ourselves, and we don't work for other people, meaning me. Uh, we work for God. Let me just throw out these passages really quick, and then I'm going to come back to the first one. Colossians 3.17 says this, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. We heard that earlier. 3.23, Work heartily as for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Galatians 1 verse 10, God is the one I'm trying to please. Um, and he's been in the midst of talking there that, um, uh, that, that, that he's not trying to please people. He's trying to please God. So, so if we just go back to that first one, right? Do everything in the name of myself because I'm the most important thing and I've got to work for myself. 
That's not what it says, right? Do everything in the name of Resurrection Ministries, our church. We're representing Jesus everywhere we go. No, do everything in the name of my company, the one that pays me to do my work, and, and the one that I bought into because I believe in what they're trying to do. No, uh, do everything in the name of the United States of America because this country is great and we want to we wanna embrace and further this nation and this country. No, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? But who do we report to? Who do we actually work for? We work for Jesus. It's not to say that we uh, rebel against authorities, against our bosses. Um, it's just to say that, that we want to keep in mind our ultimate person that we report to and, and who we work for. Um, because if, if we lose sight of that, oh boy, all kinds of things start to go wrong. So, so that's a massively important thing to be thinking about as far as our, our job descriptions. Um, a, a third one, a fourth one, I don't really know what number we're on, uh, would be compensation, right? Qu compensation. Uh, this is um, what are we working for, right? Uh, sometimes on a job description, uh, as you're interviewing and having that conversation, there's going to be uh, some talk about what you're going to be compensated for. And, and remember, the resurrection changes everything, right? And so, so we don't work for earthly rewards, like an approval or paycheck, <laughs> uh, we work for eternal rewards. Uh, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. Uh, it's this fascinating little phrase, right? That you will receive the inheritance. If you go back to Colossians 1, the inheritance is your eternal life. It's redemption that Jesus won for you. Um, so, so you will receive the inheritance as your reward. Uh, the words of Jesus himself, Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 20. Do not store up treasures on earth for yourself where moths and vermin destroy and thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven right we we don't work for earthly rewards like approval um and a paycheck although those things are nice <laughs> uh we work for the eternal rewards uh, other one would be qualifications, right? qualifications for a job. That might be something else that you see um, in a job description. How are you qualified for this job? And, uh, and again here, right, the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. And so, so it's going to look way different in our lives as disciples than maybe the rest of the world. Um, you've maybe heard a phrase like this before. I'm going to kind of just say it in my own uh, language. Um, God doesn't choose the qualified he, what, qualifies the chosen? God doesn't choose the qualified. God qualifies the chosen. There's a couple of really great examples of that in Scripture. Um, Moses is a great example, right? We talked about him and the job description, job responsibilities that he had. And, uh, and, and what he does, right, is uh, uh, after God calls him, he stands up and says, yeah, I'm absolutely qualified to go to Egypt and take on Pharaoh. 
No, he says, God, you got the wrong guy. I'm not qualified for that, right? And, and he has uh, two excuses, one that he speaks and one that I think is in his brain. But the one that he speaks is that he's not a good speaker. God, I can't go to Pharaoh and, and, and take on Egypt. I, I'm not a good speaker. I'll, I'll look ridiculous going into the courts of the world power of, of his day. The other one that I think is probably in his brain, right, is he knows that the last day that he was in Egypt, he committed murder. Right? We don't always talk about that aspect of his story, but, but he literally murdered a man in Egypt, and then, and then he ran away that very day and hadn't been back to Egypt since. And so I just have to think that that's in the back of his mind, right? And, and, and when God invites him, hey, I want you to go to Pharaoh and bring my people out of Egypt, God, I'm not qualified for that. Do, do you know what, I, what I've done? Do you know what I can't do? We are so quick to write ourselves off and to disqualify ourselves for certain jobs and certain responsibilities. Um, even the men that Jesus uh, chose, right? If you're going to try to change the world, um, you probably don't want to choose uneducated fishermen. No offense to anybody who might be a fisherman and slightly not as educated. Um, but, but you don't want to choose uneducated fishermen. You probably don't want to choose tax collectors that the religious establishment just despises. You probably don't want to choose um, religious zealots that are, you know, rebels against the world power at that time. These are not the type of men that you want to choose if you want to change the world. But these are exactly the type of men that Jesus chose. Uh, because Jesus doesn't choose the qualified. He doesn't choose the men with degrees. He doesn't choose the men uh, that, that have a lot of uh, uh, competencies. No, Jesus qualifies those that he chooses. Uh, and, and so the, the qualifications piece is just a, a massively different picture in light of the resurrection. Um, that we've got a Jesus who's absolutely qualified. And he works in us and he works through us. And that's all the qualification that we need. So um, when we think about how the resurrection affects us, right, it, it affects the, uh, the, the hours, right, the amount of time that we work. It, it affects who we report to. Um, it, it affects the, uh, the, uh, every single job title and set of responsibilities. It affects our qualifications. It affects our compensation. But, but I just want to wrap up with, with um, number one, um, a practical tip. And number two, just coming back to the work of Jesus himself. So the practical tip is to simply get on your knees and, and to pray. Uh, I, and this is just, a, a, like I said, a practical thing. I, I just haven't found anything else as effective as just getting on my knees and praying. Um, just, just coming back to Jesus and saying, look, I know that your resurrection changes everything, and I've got this in front of me. Will, will you help me? Will, will you equip me for this? Will, will you show me what to do? That's the, uh, that, that's the uh, simple, practical step that we need to take. It takes all of 30 seconds um, to, to come back and say, okay, this work is really about Jesus and not about me. The, the other thing to do is to just keep coming back to the most important work that's ever been done. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 just has all kinds of things to say about that. And, and we were in chapter 3. I can't, I can't preach the entire book, but... But look, in chapter 1, it tells us that Jesus made all things. That's an important work. <laughs> it tells us that Jesus sustains all things. That's a massively important work. It tells us that Jesus died and rose again. That's an incredibly important work. 
It, it tells us the effects of his death and resurrection, that, that he paid for our sins and forgave us. It, it tells us that, that he restored our relationship to God. And, and the last thing I want you to see here is, is the why behind the work of Jesus. Now, Colossians 1 verse 22, he did all this in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach to God the Father. That's a great work. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's pray. Uh, Father, we, uh, we, we thank you for trusting us, for giving us responsibilities, uh, for giving us uh, different uh, work and jobs to do while we are here. We ask that you would please uh, work in our hearts and our minds, um, that you would continue to draw us back to you, uh, that, that we would submit our work uh, under your rule and reign. Um, that, that we would remember above all else your work and how great and how effective it is. That work changes everything. It changes us. And so please give us hearts that are able to see you and your great work. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.